The Sabres do the job. A blowout of the Ducks. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. A win over the Anaheim Ducks for the Buffalo Sabres, 7-2. to two. We'll recap it here on today's show. Take a look at the hunt. I'm going to take a deeper dive at the Detroit Red Wings. And is this a team the Sabres really need to be focusing on going forward in the playoff race? Um, also, a little bit on goaltending. I got. I want to reset my position on Thatcher Demko as a trade idea and also what the goalie rotation should be over these final 30 games for the Sabres when it comes to Ukebeka Lukanen, Craig Anderson, and now Eric Comrie, who has won two games in a row that he has started in. So all that is ahead here on today's show. At Sneaky Joe Sports, if you want to follow me on Twitter uh, or get a comment or a question on the show, uh, at Lockdown Sabres as well on Twitter, or you could uh, go to YouTube, search Locked on Sabres there, and underneath our videos, you could do it there. Uh, the win over the Ducks, commanding exactly how it should have been. I told you on um, I told you on Wednesday that I wanted not just to see a win, but I wanted to see a controlling win, a dominant win by the Sabres. And that's exactly what they gave us with a 7-3 seven to, seven to three affair. I got the score wrong at the beginning here. 7-3. And it wasn't all good, mostly good, right? 55 minutes of this game, the Sabres were the better team. If there's one concern that I'll start with before I get to the good stuff, the positive stuff, it is here's another game, now three in a row, where the Sabres have kind of started to scramble. And, you know, over, I don't know what the word is or what they're doing really, but they're this anxiety that it seems that they have when they're letting a goal in where last night against Anaheim, it's goal. And then another goal within a minute. And then another goal within five minutes, three goals in a five minute stretch that cannot happen ever. Maybe once or twice in a season that should happen. And it's happened to the Sabres three games in a row. So a bit of a concern there, Don Granado. I spoke with him at WGR uh, on Thursday morning. He didn't really want to attribute that to, to youth. And I think, you know, he's the one watching the film and he made some good examples of what they're doing, uh, diving to block shots when they shouldn't, which that is kind of that you're putting in too much effort at that point. You're, you're in your head about um, giving up too many goals and you're not doing the things you should be. You're, you know, you're overstepping because you think you have to. Uh, so there's some mental things maybe going on with the Sabres on that front. But again, for 55 minutes, this team was the better team. And they scored seven goals. We saw them get back in the goal column. Uh, They outshot the Ducks 44 to 22 in this one. And Buffalo did a lot more with their power play time than Anaheim. That was really the biggest difference. The Sabres had eight minutes of power play time to the Ducks four. uh, And 14 to seven in terms of shot attempts at five on four. So they drew penalties and they got some power play goals, cut goals, cousins late in the power play uh, Thompson early on, on the power play, that wicked one timer from the left face off circle for, uh, for Thompson. So 
Power play was good on this front, but in general, they just outplayed the Ducks, I thought, from beginning to end. Exactly what they should do for a team that is at the bottom of the standings like Anaheim is. Um, Seven different goal scorers is pretty cool, right? Cousins, Gergensons, Jost, Krebs, Middlestat, Thompson, and Tuck all find the back of the net. No Sabre had more than two points, and seven Sabres did have two points on the night. Jack Quinn finds uh, two assists in this one, despite not scoring a goal. Dalene gets two assists as well. Almost everybody on the team had a point. Guys that didn't have a point. How long is that list? Uh, Victor Olison, JJ Paterka, Ilya Labushkin, Owen Power. That's it. That's the that's the list of guys that didn't have a point on the night. And this performance occurred with the new lines. So Don Granado. Stuck with some mixed up lines. He did say when visiting with me and Jeremy on WGR that his ultimate goal is to work his way back to the original lines that he has had throughout the year. And that a big reason why these guys have been split up and why he mixed things up was more of a mental state that they were getting outplayed, they were getting frustrated, and rather than be mad at their line mates for not performing. He, he wanted them to be mad at him. Let me be the common enemy here. I'm going to be the common enemy, and I'll let you get mad at me because I made I made the lines different when you we would prefer to be with your guys rather than be mad at your at your line mates. It was some of the reasoning to behind why Granado has done what he's done, but he did say he wants to work his way back to the lines they've been working with all year. But last night, listen, Cousins, Olsen, Paterka, they were fine, but the best line maybe beginning to end for the Sabres in this game was Peyton Krebs, Casey Middlestad, and Jack Quinn. They were phenomenal together uh, at five on five. A- incredible performance by all three of them. Uh, moving the puck well. Krebs is fast. Quinn is fast. Middlestad is fast. Their, their styles mesh. Uh, and their expected goals for percentage while they were out there was the highest of any line at 86.2%. Um, that was by far the highest. Wow, actually, that Cousins, Olsen, Paterka line, maybe I should take back what I said about them playing well. They're at 2%, 2.5% expected goals for. 10 shot attempts on the ice four against only three, four. Don't love that. But it, it was more about how great that Krebs, Quinn, and Middlestat line played. Uh, Middlestat's goal, really nice. Looked a lot like his goal in Calgary, where he's in a two-on-one, and he kind of flips his hips, and then he whips the puck uh, with his shot. He's not a guy that's going to get a lot of torque on his stick. so. To get a lot on it, he's got to whip it. Uh, he's got to turn his hips. He's got to be in a different position than others. But he did it, and he went bar down, top corner. Unbelievable uh, goal by Middlestat there. Goathead of the night, though, is going to go to Jack Quinn. Our MVP of the game is going to be Jack Quinn. He was an 89% expected goals for. That was only a tad below Middlestat. And he had two assists that were just beautiful. Uh, starting with the behind-the-net pass where... He digs the puck out. He's in on the forecheck. He stick lifts the defenseman, steals the puck away, and has the wherewithal to pick his head up right after he steals it, knowing that defenseman that I just stole the puck from, right on my back. I've got half a second to get this puck off my stick. But in that half a second, he looks up, sees everyone around him. Duck here on the left, duck here on the right, duck behind me. Peyton Krebs up the middle. Boom. Pass off my stick. No hesitation. And it's right on the tape to Peyton Krebs, who was able to rip a one-timer home from the slot. So a great play by Quinn on the forecheck, making a great defensive play, and then having his head up and making a playmaking play um, 
for a guy that is known more as a goal scorer. So Quinn, that's one assist. And then the other one, roaring down the left wing, uh, he draws the defenseman in with that little toe drag move to the outside. And then in one motion, he goes, toe drag, drop back with the pass to Gergensen's, who's flying down and is able to rip a one-timer home as well. So two amazing assists by Jack Quinn, an 89% expected goals for percentage. Um, Shot attempts when Quinn was on the ice at five on five, nine for the Sabres, four for Anaheim. I'm giving him goathead of the night in this game. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, an update on the hunt. What's going on in the playoff race? I want to break down Detroit a little bit more and wh- how, why I don't think. I've said I don't think they're a team to worry about, but I, I want to break down for you why I don't think Detroit is going to be a threat to the Sabres in this playoff race. So that's ahead. What the Sabres should do with their goalie combo in the final 30 games. And I'll reset my Thatcher Demko trade position. I, I don't think many in, in Sabres Twitter or Sabres media are on this as an idea. I like it. And I'll, I'll reset for you why. As there's a, he did say on Thursday, he got asked about for the first time him requesting a trade from the team. He said it's not true. I guess you never know if that's actually, if he's telling the truth there or not. But we'll take a time out here, get to all that when we return here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We are brought to you. By FanDuel Sportsbook. Ooh, sneaky good bets. One for three on the night. I did get that Dylan Cousins anytime goal scorer, and because you did it at plus 220, you probably broke about even uh, on the night. Uh, It's the midway point of the NBA season. It's past the all-star break for the NHL season, and it is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use, and you can bet on everything. The money line, point scores, and threes drained in the NBA, goal scores, and save props in the NHL, and many more. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Jody Biasi back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. The Sabres got the win over the Anaheim Ducks. And if you're wondering what that does in the standings, well, it uh, gets them a little bit closer, two points closer to the Washington Capitals, four points out with Thursday's uh, Thursday night to go where the Capitals will play the Florida Panthers, Florida. Sabres are two points back of the Panthers now. Uh, four games in hand on Florida. I should have said three games in hand on Washington. And they are three points back of the Islanders. So pretty good little jumbled there, but that's what they're looking at ahead of them behind them. Another win for Detroit. They have won four in a row. They have won seven of their last 10 this time, a shootout victory over the Edmonton Oilers five to four on Wednesday. Detroit now tied with the Sabres in the standings, 58 points, 53 games played exactly the same for both Buffalo and Detroit. Here's why I'm not that worried about the Red Wings. I don't really know how they're winning. And if you look at their roster, watching them play, I don't come away impressed. They're not as that offensive firepower team. They don't have the greatest blue line. Their goaltender is good, but the numbers kind of point to he's not as good as you might think at Billy Huso. So why are they winning? Well, let's, let's look at first why I don't think they're as good as their record, which, you know, we're still talking about about a 500 team. In fact, they're below 500, 25, 20, and 8. 
part of that is that their coach, Derek Lalonde, listen, he does a great job, I guess, at getting them to, to hunker down, play close games, get games to overtime. They have eight loser points on the season. The Sabres have four. So that's a four-point swing right there that makes up a lot of difference in the standings. That four-point swing is the difference between the Red Wings being third from the bottom in the East to being in the playoff race. So loser points is one reason why I think they're here. Another reason is PDO, a combination of shooting percentage and save percentage, which is the best way of really looking at who are the luckiest teams. And Detroit's 11th in PDO, not the luckiest, but they're getting their fair share of luck. And if you compare their PDO, shooting percentage plus save percentage, to everything else, it doesn't add up. They're not, to me, a great team. They're not even a good team, a half-decent team. Here's some of their numbers. Expected goals, 4 percentage. 27th in the NHL at 5-on-5. Corsi, 4 percentage. So shoot shot attempt percentage. 28th in the NHL at 5-on-5. And I know what you might be thinking, well, maybe their power play is super good. No, 17th. Middle of the pack. So their power play is not carrying them. I know their PDO is high because of the the safe percentage, but has Vili Huso really been that good? He's at a 905 safe percentage, and he ranks 44th out of uh out of 70 goaltenders that qualify in expected goals, uh, expected saves above expected. So goalie's been fine. The roster it, it just man, at least you want him. Look at their numbers right now. So Dylan Larkin is their leading point getter. He's at a point a game. He's a great player. 52 points in 52 games. Behind him, Philip Heronik, a defenseman, 36 points. Their second leading point score is 36 points. Do you know how many Sabres have more than 36 points? Five. Five guys. And five guys by 11 points or more. Cousins is fifth in this Sabres team in points. He's got 47. Philip Peronik is second on the Red Wings at 36, and he's a defenseman. Behind him, Dominic Kubalik at 34 points. David Perron at 34 points. Andrew Kopps at 28. Like, they are relying a lot on these okay veteran players that you really don't want to rely on. The, the, the star young players that... The Red Wings were expecting these boom seasons from, like the Sabres have gotten from Cousins and Thompson. Lucas Raymond, 33 points in 53 games, uh, in 50 games. He has been bad, but come on, that's not it's not carrying them. It's not stardom. Uh, Moritz Sider on the blue line, 30 points in, 50, in uh, 53 games. Okay, again, not bad, pretty good. Stardom, not really happening. So I don't really know. I don't have a great explanation for why this is happening. Um, but I think it has a lot to do with, in fact, their shooting percentage right now. I should have meant to look this up before the, uh, the show started. Um, they're eighth in shooting percentage. So I think they're just scoring on a, on a mop there. There's regression due there. I think that's going to come down. They're not that good to be shooting eighth in shooting percentage in the NHL. So, the numbers point to it. When I watch them, I look at it. They just don't look that dynamic to me. Um, the loser points point to it. The the roster, the, the stats on the roster point to it. I just don't think the Red Wings are a serious a serious threat to make the playoffs. I think the Sabres are. They're at the same point in the standings. I think the Sabres are. I don't believe the Red Wings are. One other thing I wanted to get to in this segment. In fact, actually, I'll save it because it's about goaltending. The Sabres goalie trio, and I'll reset my 
position on Thatcher Demko uh, as a trade idea for Buffalo. That's when we return here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We're brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and the calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. My goal in the new year is to eat a little healthier. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't even think they're good for you. It's perfect for your New Year's resolution. And they come in unbelievable flavors. Flavors. I always tell you cookie dough is my favorite uh, with the real chunks of cookie dough right in them. Love it. Churro is great. Peanut butter brownie, one of the, the fan favorites. Not sure how Bill does it. These t- bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining great macros. What's even better? Healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait to get a box. For years, I've been telling you about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a 4 box. Four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter or churro. You can thank me later. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back on the Lockdown Sabres podcast, wrapping things up. want to talk about goaltending a little bit. And I got a, a take on Thatcher Demko of the Vancouver Canucks in a moment. But first, let's assume they don't make that trade. I'm guessing they're not going to. 30 games remaining. Sabres have 30 games remaining. Sal Capaccio on the Extra Point Show on Thursday asked me, what should the split be between those three going forward? And I didn't have an answer ready to go, but after thinking about it a little bit longer, I think I have the answer. If it were me coaching this team the rest of the way, the final 30 games, 18 for Ukepeka Lukanen, 9 for Craig Anderson, 3 for Eric Comrie. That might be. Tough on Comrie. That might be even mean to Comrie, right? He's won two games in a row. But I think this team will go as far as Ukapeka Lukanen will take them in net. Anderson, he's been their best goaltender statistically on the season. So I want to keep him involved. Nine starts, that's triple what Comrie is getting. But to me, it's about Lukanen. And I think they're the best outcome for this team is he gets hot down the stretch. Um, Anderson has been their best goaltender, but we all know his situation at 41 years old. He's not going to play a lot of games. That's not the deal he's got with the Sabres. And who knows if you would even get good results out of him if you started pressing uh, a bunch of games on him at this age. So it's about Lukanen. And when it comes to Comrie, Comrie's won. I think the reason this came up, Comrie's now won back-to-back games. He's in net against Anaheim on Wednesday night. He made some good saves. He made some nice saves down the stretch, especially after uh, Anaheim got the third goal. Back-to-back wins, but he's allowed five goals on 43 shots in those wins. So how much did he actually earn the wins? He did, I guess, enough. He did what he was supposed to do. Um, but I'm not – he didn't carry them to those victories. It, it, that Those are not good numbers that he's had in those two wins. And on the season as a whole, goal save above expected per 60 minutes of ice time, he ranks 59th out of 70. I, I just – Sure, could he be better on a longer look? It's possible. But I, I think it's more possible that Lukanen is going to give you the results you want, not Comrie. So I'm willing to move off him a little bit. Three starts. They've got a lot of games between now and the end of the season, more than everybody else. That's why they have their games in hand. And if they want to give guys extra rest, Nick's Comrie in here and there. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't have this urge to get him back into games. In fact, 
if as the season gets later and later, and if they hang around in the race and it's, oh, it's March and they're two points back, I, I think it's very likely or possible that they'll just eliminate Comrie from the rotation altogether. There will be, listen, there are no games. Can't play games with, okay, we want to get the guy a game. No, you're in a playoff race. You're two points out. You're three points out, whatever it might be. Maybe you're in a spot. No margin for error. You go down to Lucan and Anderson. So that date is coming, I think. If they keep in this race, there is a day coming where they just say, out, two goalies the rest of the way, not three. With all that being said, I want to reset my Thatcher Demko idea. He is on the Canucks still. He got asked on Thursday about a rumor that he asked for a trade out of Vancouver. Demko says that's not true. What is he going to say? Is he going to say yes? Because you might, you know, he'll alienate the fan base. He'll, you know, just, it wouldn't be a good look. So is he telling the truth? Maybe, maybe not. He's been in trade rumors. This goaltender, I had someone point out to me on Twitter. He has a lower goal saved above expected than Eric Comrie this season. That is true. He's been bad this year. No doubt. He has been a bad goaltender. Here's why I still like the idea. I'd like to think the Sabres can buy low on this. And no offense to the Canucks. That's an organization I feel like I could take advantage of a little bit. So buy low on Thatcher Demko. A guy that who's been bad this year, I know. In the previous two seasons, in 99 games played, Natural Statric has a stat. I think it's pretty much like goal saved above expected. I've been reading about it a little bit. Goal saved above average. Fourth in the NHL among all qualifying goaltenders in the previous two seasons, the 2020-21 season and the 21-22 season. The fourth best goaltender by that number in those two years. And all the other numbers kind of you know point to the same thing. Ninth in goal saved above expected in 21. 13th in 22. So. He's been an above average, at least, if not even a great starting goaltender. He's at least been an above average starting goaltender um, in the previous two years. And actually, there was a story at ESPN uh, the other day. Greg Wyshynski polled NHL executives and asked them to rank the best goaltenders in the NHL. And NHL executives ranked Thatcher Demko 11th. He was just outside the top 10, 11th best goaltender in hockey. And here's one comment that in that story, uh, an NHL executive said about Demko, quote, I know Demko has been hurt. For me, part of it is that Demko is younger, and I just find him to be way more consistent than John Gibson at this point, one Western Conference executive said. So that's in comparison to John Gibson. So they're dealing with an injury. He's on a bad team really bad team and you have 99 games of sample size in the previous two seasons that tell you that this 15 game sample size that's all he's played this year 15 game sample size isn't real and it's not the true Thatcher Demko so for me I kind of like the idea of the Sabres getting on the phone with the Canucks and taking advantage of uh, Patrick Elvin their general manager Um, so We'll see what actually happens if he's dealt. The The trade I have in mind for Demko, because I'll maybe this is unrealistic. Maybe this is why the Sabres would never get him. I, I'd be wanting to buy low. I would not want to trade a first-round pick for Thatcher Demko. And I would not want to trade one of my top-tier prospects. But I heard uh, Sean McAdoo, down goes Brown, say the other day when, when reporting or talking about the Canucks that Vancouver is interested in 
in guys that are not prospects and not picks. They want youth, but they want youth at the NHL level. So the name I have in mind for them is a name that I feel like we hear too much uh, in trade rumors because I don't actually think he holds a ton of value. But by that description, maybe Vancouver is the one team that would find more value for this player than other teams. That's Casey Middlestat. Middlestat at 24 years old, 33 points in 53 games. He's on a 50-point pace this year. Contract control. Um, throw Middlestat in with Alex Kisikoff, a, a second-tier prospect, second-round pick of the Sabres a couple years ago, forward uh, out of Russia. Alex Kisikoff, Casey Middlestat, and a second-round pick. Three pieces. No grade-A pieces, but I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to do here is catch Vancouver napping with this idea. And the final point I make on why I like the Demko idea, I think his contract works with Devin Levi's timeline. Devin Levi just won MVP at the Beanpot, won the tournament. He's a semifinalist for the Mike Richter Award for college hockey's best goaltender. But I don't want to rely on him showing up in the next two to three years because you don't know how long goalies are going to take. I'll say it every time. You don't know how long goalies are going to take. And Levi is 21 years old. So... Let's say it takes until 23-24. Well, Thatcher Demko, after the season's got three years left on his contract, that would take the Sabres to Levi's age 24 season. Perfect. That's right. That's before Linus Allmark became a regular NHLer. That's before Ryan Miller became a regular NHLer. But I'm going even earlier. I'm going to give Levi a couple of years before those two guys, who, by the way, are both about to have Vesna trophies. Allmark's going to win it this year, probably. So, you're not relying upon it. And you know what? If he shows up and he's amazing, you can move Demko. Or you can move Lukanen. You can find a way to, to, to ship one of them out. Or you just eat the, a final year of a contract. Um, the, the term is not prohibitive, I think, to this as a, being a good idea for the Sabres. And it allows – the reason why I do it in the first place, it allows the Sabres to, to be as competitive as possible and not let goaltending be an excuse for this team over the next two, three years. I don't want the Sabres to be waiting for Devin Levi if they are ready to compete, but their goaltending situation is not ready to compete. And you might as well do it now because as Levi's developing, you might think, well, why don't we just hold out a little bit longer? Why don't we do this one-year deal on this old guy or something like, do it now. Don't don't get backed into a corner where you want to do it later. I, I think you'd rather do it right now or in this offseason. If, if the Sabres did in the offseason because Anderson is still playing at a high enough level, um, that might be even a better idea. But I guess it depends whether or not the Sabres and Kevin Ems, if they're interested, might think he's getting moved now or he's getting moved in the offseason. So Thatcher Demko, I'm a fan. Ticket, uh, that's it for today's show. Uh, Sabres and Sharks on um, on Saturday night. So what that means with a day in, another day in between games, we're going to take another stab at our prospect show. Our audio was not great last Friday, so I want to make sure everybody uh, gets a good listen to that. Uh, Hadi Kalakash is going to rejoin me on Friday from Locked On uh, NHL Prospects. Um, we'll talk about Devin Levi a lot. And we have the bean pot now to talk about, which we didn't have last week. So a lot of Devin Levi talk. Of course, the other prospects. He is huge on Noah Oslin. Higher on Noah Oslin than anyone I've heard. Um, maybe even higher than Matthew Savoy and Yuri Coolidge. So come back for that tomorrow. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Lockdown Sabres podcast.